You can't avoid it because I am the one that does it. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, true. You're right. I'm sorry. What's up to all our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? You're listening to slash per, per, perhaps watching uh, spoiler alert podcast. This episode is called Four by Four. Len, tell them why. It is called Four by Four because today on the spoiler alert, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be reviewing four kids walked into a bank as well as the uh, first part of Dan Slott's run on Fantastic Four. Four evermore. Good job, Len. Thank you, JD. By the way, I'm Johnny Destructo. With me this week is Len. Yo, what's up, Holla, your boy. And Brian Lieb. Hey, hey, I'm Brian Lieb. And then Noel. Hi. Hi, guys. So uh, real quick, uh, two sentences or less. <laughs> Or less. What uh, what'd you do? <laughs> I, I caught up on a bunch of cool stuff. I caught up on reading a bunch of cool stuff and then um, watched a couple of really cool movies. What do you got? Um, read or, or watch. Oh, uh, so reading. One I, read and one watch. One, one read? Um, one read. Uh, I read, I read um, the second year of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers by Boom oh. Studios. You were saying there was a lot of huge names on that. Yeah. So um, the 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 way that the collections are kind of set up, it's it's you know the first twelve issues, the next uh, thirteen to twenty four. So it's like literally set up like years. But the collections are huge, and they've got a butt ton of extras. Or something? Extra, yeah, extra issues. Like um, they did. Like I guess every single issue had a, a backup story. Okay. All right. But these back and like they're all collected in the back of the collection. But the backup stories. Are by like some of the crate like I had no idea these creators were were working on a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers book by Boom Studios. We're talking like Dan Mora, Tom Taylor, um, Jamal Campbell, uh, okay, okay. and it wasn't just covers. Like they are providing covers, but they're also doing like these these backup stories, stories and stuff. So. Yeah, some of them are in continuity. Some of them are teases for future storylines. Like mm. I did not. I did not. Everybody was talking about how great the series is, but I had no idea that like it's like classic feeling comic booking is going to come from a fucking licensed property about <laughs> <laughs> about you kaiju and, and mechazords, right? It's, it's it's a really fun book if you guys are ever even remotely interested in like cheesy but great comic books. You, you should give them a shot. Do I need to have any experience whatsoever with the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers as a property? The, do you under, do you know what the concept is? Uh, I know they uh, they they talk like this a lot, and then they they do action sequences, and their you, kids. That's it. Uh, and they just they just they are given power to fight bad guys. If you can handle that concept, everything else is just you know plug and play. You walk into it. Okay. It's it's a thousand times better than the show ever was. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's not like they capture the spirit of the show. I'm like, the show was stupid. <laughs> Fair enough. It's 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 just it's like a, it's like taking a concept and actually like imbuing it with with uh, with real character. It's very cool. 
Well, I have been, um, I think I'm in season 11 of my King of the Hill binge. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, I got so far when I crossed the 10, I said, Jesus, how long, how long did the show run? So it ran for 13 years. So I'm nearing mm -hmm. the end. I'm still enjoying it. I'm still enjoying it a great deal. It's in season 10 that they moved over from hand drawn animation to more computer animation. Right. Um, and you can see like the scene, like the, the lines are definitely crisper and stuff like that. But the comedy, the storytelling is still, great i I'm, i can't believe how much i'm enjoying this this show um i also this week on the um recommendation of kennedy storm aka storm triple of black triples watched for the first time brave by pixar oh it's oh, an adorable yeah. movie i love that movie i had never seen what? that I, I don't know why that just i didn't get to the theaters and never saw it that's a fun movie, man. Yeah, that's oh, one of the quieter really ones. It. Yeah, I really love the first half. I loved everything about it, even the twist that happens. Um, because while it does come, it doesn't come out of nowhere. It is definitely seeded early in the film, um, and there's one real big seed that I, I don't think a lot of people know about, or if it's been talked about, I didn't see it. Um, but. I enjoyed so much of it. It was it was fun. And I think the a part that I enjoyed the most about it is that there's no, while there is a protagonist in the movie, the protagonist is not what you know propels the story forward. It really is about the relationships yeah. of this family. Without spoiling it, that propels the story. Pixar, that's Pixar what it's is mostly about Pixar's perfect with that. Like if you think of movies like. Um... Uh, Toy Story and even uh, Inside Out, which we just watched. Right. There's no bad guys in that movie. In those yeah. movies, like I mean, Toy Story tried to make one out of Sid, but other no. than that, there's he's really no. I, he's he's a shitty kid, but he's not like the. He's just a danger. The actual protagonist the is. To them, right. yeah. yeah, they're afraid of him. You know, but but in general, like Pixar has a really really good way of doing that. Like the conflict yeah. itself is is um, more internal or or something that the antagonists. Or the protagonists provide. Yeah, Brave was fun. Brave was a lot of was a lot of fun. Do I you know the that. original title for Brave? I'm not I, like saying it would be a crazy spoiler, but you should look it up what the original title was. I mean, I think the movie. I mean, it's an it, old movie, and the show is called Spoiler. It was um uh, Bear Mother. Bear. Oh jeez, was that really yeah. going to be the name? Of or it? something like Mother Bear or Bear Mother or something like that? Yeah. Bear Mother. Yeah, my mother, the bear. Because they didn't have the title "Brave" until like way, like almost finished into like trying to figure out. Well, I know, to... I know the story of it is that the movie was halfway down the pike, and then, or even uh, three quarters of the way, and they said, mm -mm, "Nah, backtrack." And yeah, they, yeah, they that's what I heard. It. It's like the bear thing was an add-on. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, there was they, like they did the same thing with dinosaur, right? The good dinosaur. Like that movie was changed yeah, like fifteen times. The good dinosaur was changed over too. Yeah, I know Shrek was entirely re, almost entirely re-recorded. That was uh, for a death oh. though. Farley died. No, no. Um, I mean that is also the case. But mm -hmm. Mike Myers, Michael uh, Mike Myers had uh, recorded most of it, and he was like, "No, Shrek should be Scottish," and then they redid everything uh, to make him Scottish. Wow. Yeah, I That's thought it was the other way around. Uh, I, I'm sorry. This isn't the Shrek podcast. We'll talk after. So I, I watched. Uh, I also watched a Pixar, 
and uh, I saw Onward. Yes. What do you think? Which I okay. I was not that interested in it to see it, um, and then I kept hearing hubs and bubs around about it, and uh, people are like, "Nah, it's not great." And I was like, "No, oh, it really doesn't make me want to see it." But right. it keeps showing up on the thing, and I was like, "I like the design of this. It looks cute." That guy right. looks like Jack Jack Black. Um, so I gave it a shot, and uh, I'll tell you, it is a very it's for a very specific audience. I think it is. Um, it is. It is. Someone who uh, doesn't have a dad and has an older brother. Uh, and then there are fantasy themes. Mm -hmm. So uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. I got emotional and stuff. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, and um, I, I cried a couple of times because there's some emotional stuff going on Definitely. Uh, that speaks to me specifically. Um, whereas, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to find, they, you know, spend time with their dad because he's the best. Uh, I don't have a dad because he sucks. So right. like that was a little different, right. but like the relationship with the brothers was, was pretty cool. And um, I got to say though, I have always, because of not having a dad, I've always been very thankful uh, about my mom. And so, like, I'll, sh I'll sh shout out a happy Father's Day to my mom because she did all the dad work, too. Like, she did everything. Right. Um, and this movie has a mom who is busting her hump for these two kids, uh, <laughs> trying to protect them and save them. And, and she fucking wields a fucking sword and shit at, at one point. Um, and uh, at no point does anyone go... You've been here all along, Mom. Thanks. Thanks for picking up the slack when Dad, you know, I was like, what the, this poor mother. No, see, anyway, I, see, I, I don't think that's actually true. I remember correctly. Uh, hold off on too many spoilers. This is not a I spoiler. I only watched the first half hour. Okay. This is not a spoiler. But if I remember correctly, kind of early on in the movie, um, first of all, uh, shout out to, yes, it, it does speak to a specific audience. I think that you, if you are a, fan of RPGs, you will love this movie as well. Yeah. Um, even though it technically is not an RPG, but it definitely has the trappings of it to a degree. But I think early on in the movie, if I remember, the, and I, I'm not good on the, 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 the names, but the, the kid yeah. who goes through, through an adventure kind of, you know, matter-of-factly said something about his mom being a warrior which is then kind of um, picked up later. Yeah. Picked up later. So there is a, a, a bit of a shout out there because I think as bad as, as you're saying his mom is, the mom is in the movie and she, it, and she is, it's only later in the film that she fully embraces it in that way, in a kick ass moment to me. I actually, I, I thought it, it it fired on also. Right. I loved it, I, and I and I did cry a little bit. I mean, oh, fuck Pixar, man, get me. <laughs> yeah, like when I watched Brave, I was like, oh man, finally, I'm watching a uh, Brave. Keep it, oh, Pixar is not going to make me cry. Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, B, I'm sorry. They always get me. B, Brian. So um, that's you. That's me. There I am. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. I watched the season finale of Brooklyn Nine-Nine okay. uh, this past week, which is a show that I really enjoy. It's a very funny show. Um, and, uh, you know, it was canceled a couple of years ago, but then brought back on NBC and Hulu. Uh, so I was happy about that. And it really has, like, it's I, continued to be JD's good. JD's not happy about that. JD's just like, fuck this show. 
You yeah. just walked right out. I hear about it. I understand. Uh, I, I watched it religiously, but then I, I haven't seen the last two seasons that have been on NBC. I love the show. Yeah. But the the season finale on Fox was perfect. The <laughs> wedding. Like it was just literally a perfect episode. I was like, oh, you know what? Yeah. I'll I'll catch up. Yeah, for because the rest I think later. they thought that was going to be like the series yeah. finale, if I remember. Yeah, right. I think they're one of those shows that has multiple times had to write a season finale as though it might be the series finale. Mm-hmm. A couple of times, yeah. Yeah, and um, you know, luckily it wasn't, and it's been renewed for another season, I think, too. And it, I feel like in the beginning, it took a little bit. The cold opens weren't as good before the credits, but. Um, but everything else felt the same. And now even it's, you know, it's like, there's a little bit of a difference. Well, Gina's not there unrelated to that. She, you know, she left. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but, uh, but it's still good. It's still really funny, which is good for it. You know what? I, I always appreciated about that show. It's a, it's a, obviously a very weird comedy mm-hmm. in a police station. They never made the police look stupid. Like the people are stupid, but they're all very good at their jobs. They're very competent. I like yeah. that too. It's not I a like, madcap bumbling adventure. Yeah, they're not all Barney Fife's, and that's why they're funny. Like they're just funny people. But every yeah. time that they have to do their job, they're actually really good at it, and it's kind of refreshing to see. Like, oh, that's actually kind of cool. Like, oh, I wouldn't have figured that out. That's kind of nifty. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like naked good gun. mystery stuff too. And it, would you say, Judy? It's not like the Naked Gun. No, not at all. No, but, not at all. I mean, there's but two if you look at the cast, but, it's like. Know. Yeah, it, it's definitely absurd, but uh, yeah, they don't like fall ass backwards into into success. Like they're mm. actually really good, and it's also very heartwarming, which I like. Yeah. Like it's a really just like good show. I'm know? waiting for the dark version, where like Internal Affairs shows up and gets really shitty and mean, <laughs> and somebody murders somebody else to keep their secrets. Like that's what I want to see out of Brooklyn Nine Nine with the reboot. But that's what <laughs> B will check out because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, you know I, I forgot to mention and I think I told JD this. I actually finally watched The Color Out of Space, and I know that you did a podcast uh, about it, so I'm gonna go back and listen to that. But um, I watched it on VHS. Yeah. Um, there's this company that does like certain horror movies on like bespoke VHS uh, tapes, I and love we have that. a. V- I don't own a VCR anymore. We do, and it works perfectly. So I was like, you know what? If I'm going to watch this weird fucking movie, I'm, I'll, I'll try it on VHS. And everything is recreated. Like, the aspect ratio is recreated. It's still a touch grainy. Uh, when you rewind and fast forward, it's got the lines. And I was just like, I think this is the perfect way to watch this weird-ass movie. Yeah, that's a perfect way to watch that one. Because yeah. even when, like, the movie gets a little crazy and it's all weird colors, it goes super saturated and kind of wiggly and wombly. And I'm like, is this the VCR? Is this the movie? I don't know. But it's kind of working. <laughs> Whatever's happening is working. It's a great movie. Yeah, I dug yeah, it a like lot. It. it was really weird. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely weird. It was. Uh, oh, we, it have was we, we have, have letters. letters. We have letters? How many? Oh, we have oh, letters. Letters. Uh, see, that's how we know all of those bullshit Zoom musicals are edited together. Fucking bullshit. Intentionally singing I mean, slightly after two of you. I was, was going to say, like, I oh, was doing it. that on purpose. <laughs> So let's see. This uh, this was actually not a letter. It's just uh, uh, he was he replied on Facebook. It counts. It counts. It's got letters in it. It's fine. Um, uh, Charles Ellington. Uh, you know, we were talking about how we were going to be doing today. Uh, Fantastic Four by Dan Slott, and he had started the Jack Kirby Stan Lee uh, Fantastic Four. Okay. Um, so uh, and then also had read some of the Dan Slott stuff that we're talking about today, and he said, "I was." So excited for Fantastic Four after Secret Wars, 
but it didn't hit me. So this is the secret wars that happened with Jonathan Hickman a couple of years ago, wherein the Fantastic Four disappeared for a couple of years. And then this was their big return. And he was so, so excited about it. So was I actually. Um, and then it happened and it was like, he, he thought it was fine. Um, but Jack Kirby, uh, for the first uh, trade paperback he was reading, Jack Kirby art was rough in first couple of issues, but it gets better. And just how Stan wrote them, I understand how it was a big hit back in the 60s because I'm sure no comics was like that. Um, so did you guys, do you guys have any experience with the Jack Kirby, Stan Lee, Fantastic Four? I don't think I've read like an, a, a single issue of that run. Uh, uh, I've, go ahead. Oh, right. Yeah, um, I do. So I remember I had this book of uh, like an early trade paperback with like early Marvel comics in it. Um, and it might have been everybody's origin, and I had and and loved that. And the Fantastic Four was, uh, and it still is one of my favorites. And I definitely read a lot of Fantastic Four, and I don't clearly remember, you know, which one it was. But mm. there, there was Kirby and Stanley. Like there was early stuff in there, uh, definitely. And, you know, I, at the time, I loved it. I haven't read it in a while. I definitely even have more of an appreciation for Kirby's art now uh, than I would have back then. Um, but I've always loved his, like, his tech and his squiggly lines and stuff. And uh, and that kind of, his, his aesthetic is awesome. And, you know, I mean, they created it and it's one of my, if not my favorite corner of the Marvel Universe. So Fantastic Four is your favorite. Oh yeah, I think so. Ah, in in practice or just like emotionally? Because have you been loving it, like actually enjoying it, or is it just where they fit that you love the most? Oh, uh, so I haven't read it in a while, but I did love this. Um, I thought this this was great. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but I have like truly read and really enjoyed a lot of Fantastic Four comics. In fact, I have a recommendation for Charles Ellington. Um, the Hickman, uh, was it Brian Hitch run? No. I think no, was, uh, it was Mark was, Miller and Hitch. Yeah, Mark Miller and Brian Hitch. Hickman was Eaglesham and then a that's thousand the other artists. It, that's the one then. Hickman stuff, right? Um, With the, the read, I think, was, what's that? Yeah, the Council of Reeds and all the other stuff that, and then it goes to the what was it the um, the FF? It was the, the Future yeah, Foundation. It's a, Future Foundation, right? Also it's a weird, cool. It's a weird I always, yeah. Um, so they, it was just like big science adventure, crazy stuff. You know, the Council mm. of Reeds that's from multiple universes, and they're all different. They're not all like stretchy. You know, they all have different kind of backstories, and I think it kind of led into. There was a shakeup, and he was moved to Avengers. Everyone was moved. Yes. And I think he was just going to do that story in Fantastic Four is what it seemed like. And then he had to kind of like, well, I'm still going to do the story, but now I don't know. I don't know. I kind of think that it was, uh, if we're we're like speculating about what Hickman's Mm -hmm. plans are, um, they're usually like 15 years out in advance. Hmm. So I, (laughs) because he's weird, and he's got a flow chart in his house probably. Um, But I I imagine that he wanted to do Fantastic Four, Hmm. but then do the other thing with the Avengers because they both were pieces that collected to each other in secret wars. I actually think that it was probably planned that way for him, at least it's possible. Um, Just like Richards was a big part of it was one thing that made me think that, you know, just like, well, Reed is never really with the Avengers unless it's a a big thing, but he showed mm -hmm. up a lot in Avengers 
before his well, he was he was yeah. a member of of the Illuminati for true. so that's true. Essentially, uh, the Avengers run was a sequel to his hmm. um, Fantastic Four run, and yeah. I don't think that he could have done it exclusively in Fantastic Four because it was supposed to be an escalation and like much much bigger. So it's like, well, shit, Avengers, and then we'll put the cast there. Hmm. It's, um, a, it's a good like six years of comics, and they're yeah, great. Yeah. Um, and and it begins with this Fantastic Four run, which I when when I was reading it, I was like, this is like second to Lee and Kirby. You know, this is like definitively Fantastic Four. It's great. And so Charles Ellington and everyone, highly recommend it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, we have one more letter, and this is from Christopher St. Saucy. Good night. I think you've already recorded this week, so this will probably be too late. Uh, but if not, might I suggest you each pick a single issue from your personal collection to review? Sort of a back issue book report but each of you do one. Sell that book to the other two or three members, depending on if Lynn is there. Called you out specifically, Lynn. I'm not sure why. Um, well, in the beginning, Lynn sort of popped in and out. Yeah, um, we're consistent. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, some notable cartoons left off of your animated madness that I wanted to mention. Now, okay, so what he's talking about here is an episode we did uh, for the um, Gutter Talk, right? Or was that just Black Tribbles? It was Gutter Talk Tribble-ish amalgamation. It was a different show we did. Uh, we, talk. Counted, we counted talk. down um, all of our favorite cartoons ever. Um, mm -hmm. So some ones that we left off of that list, Len, were Mighty Max, Where the World is Carmen... Oh, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, mm -hmm. Tailspin, mm -hmm. Darkwing Duck... Yeah. Oh, Duck. We totally forgot about Darkwing Duck. Bonkers? No, we didn't. I forgot about <laughs> it. Bonkers? No, Darkwing Duck? I thought that I'm a, I'm a fan of... Keep keep saying name in this list. Go ahead. What else is on this list? Bonkers, Hysteria, Conan the Adventurer, the Bots Master, and mm. Captain Planet all come to mind. Not to mention Garfield and Friends. Frankly, mm. there was too much anime on the list. It could have had its own bracket. Hmm. Mm. True. Now you can it, talk about those those cartoons. Here's the thing about those shows. One, anime could have had its own bracket, but we were trying to encompass cartoons uh, across a wide swath. So there are some uh, anime that, you know, kind of like leap beyond just the world of anime and kind of like crossed over to meaning something to everyone. It was more more, more broad appeal. Um, and then there are definitely some shows on there that you like and that, that were long running, like Garfield and Friends or Captain Planet and stuff like that. But for whatever reason, in this madness this animated madness of 64 cartoons it didn't make it to one through 64 doesn't mean that it wasn't good doesn't mean that it wasn't special to you god bless you and, and the memories that you have with that show but in the four of us it didn't make it to one of 64. fair enough uh he continues i get you love avatar but it is hardly revolutionary i tried it a few years ago and just couldn't do it I may try it again in a month once it's on Netflix. Also, having Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and not the original anime is a crime. And not according to so people that watched that show, but go ahead. I just finished watching Brotherhood and woof, that show. The original is the only anime I have ever enjoyed. Mm. Chris St. Saucy, good night. Mm. Okay, I, can, I can't speak to his love of full... Full Metal Alchemist, whether or not he likes Brotherhood or the original more, God bless you, dog. That's what. That's whatever. 
if you want to say that Avatar is not revolutionary, that's fine too. However, you can't say it's hardly revolutionary without offering up your opinion of what it is either aping or what possibly came before it that was actually revolutionary. And I would um, I would challenge you to do so because I'm pretty confident in my cartoon knowledge and the combined cartoon knowledge of all of the gutter talkers here, including the absent but always missed Brandon, that we could punch holes in any show that you would come up with that is as revolutionary and as high quality from episode one to the end as Avatar The Last Airbender. Hmm. Bwam, bwam, bwam. Hmm. Although, J.D., you had a similar point during the show, I recall. Didn't you okay. say, like, well, it's not really, it's it's more like Quentin Tarantino, or no, that was a separate analogy about the same topic. But you had a, a similar idea, right? That, right, that it was not quite anime. It was Americanized anime, um, and it was a bunch of folks doing uh, a love letter to things that they grew up loving, I think. Um, but it's from top to bottom, it's still my favorite. I love it. And it's one of the still one of the best on TV, which we've decided the best on TV, not one of. I believe that was the the best, right? Yeah. The best. <laughs> uh, and so the only you. one, only thing that was close to it was its sequel, Kakura. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Thank you so much, Christopher Saint Saucy and uh, Charles. Thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate the feedback. Here we go. All right. Here, we, let's talk about some comic books. Right. Should we start with? Let's start with four kids. Let's start with four kids. Cool. The better one. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Four <laughs> kids walk into a bank by uh, Matt Rosenberg and Tyler Boss does the art. And uh, let's see. Diamond has this to say about the book: When a group of bumbling criminals show up in her father's life, looking to pull one last job, young Paige has two choices. Let her father get caught up in their criminal hijinks or enlist her three best friends to do the job first. Paige picks the bad one. <laughs> so basically, yeah, this, uh, on spoiler alert, in the if you go in the Wayback Machine, we were reviewing this in issues as it was coming out. Mm. But, was that a nice hardcover? Yeah. Oh, shit. So, um, uh, we were reviewing it, but even though we love the first four issues, somehow we never reviewed the last and the fifth and final <laughs> issue. Even though we were reading every issue and be like, this is the best book on the shelves. We just forgot about it, I guess. I don't know. Actually, uh, I, think was the, I think there was a crazy delay. Like people were talking about oh, how. Oh, that it? Yeah, people were talking about how like mm. Black Mask can't stay on a schedule. And I think this was one of the books that they were referring to back in the early days of Black Mask Studios. You guys I was actually that. curious about about that because when you look at the digital copies that we have, episode I mean episodes, issues one through three are 2016, and then issue four is 2017. So I didn't know. Oh, did this book come out later in the year, and then it just crossed over? No, it was a lot of delays. Yeah, you guys, I missed issue five. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't read issue five. Uh, was it? Did you yeah, think yeah. you reached was the it, end of it at the end of issue four? No, not at all. I thought, so I didn't see the thing on the front that said a story in five parts. 
and I thought we only had the first four issues to review. Oh. I did not read it. The other issue was oh, well. that issue five in our folder is a PDF. Yeah, I look at it now, and it was like a different thing. And for some reason, I thought we were doing four, and I just didn't. I didn't read it. <laughs> well, I mean, but we're reviewing. I mean, we're spoiling yeah. it, but we, I mean, I don't it's think fine. we're trying to spoil it's the fine. end of it. Uh, so. I think it's well. Oh, we, we can talk about that. I have a specific question about the very end, actually. Yeah, let's talk about the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be spoiling this book for you later right. on. We're going to go. We're going to go front to back. So you know, you got some time. Sure. Um, <laughs> One one thing I loved about it was the um, beginning of every, let's see, the cold open of every issue starts with um, either them talking as action figures or as D&D characters. Yeah. yeah. Um, I kind of thought that was pretty fun. Yeah. I thought that was fun too. Nice little. Yeah, that's a nice way to start your book, uh, every issue. Um, I thought that all the characters are a lot but, of fun. But, but, excuse me, excuse me. I, I mean, I hate to, to cut you off, but actually the most fun thing is that the books, each issue actually starts with a um, a kind of like knockoff uh, tagline from like a famous yeah. gangster movie. Oh, chapter one, oh. as far back as lunchtime, I've always wanted to be a gangster. Right. It, which that was straight, funny. Yeah. Straight from... Um, Goodfellas. Can I uh, can I can I read can I read like one line of dialogue that actually just ingratiated me to this book forever? Yeah, and it's on like the third page. Open I am up, crotch- everyone. Open up your readers to page, page three. three. <clears throat> <clears throat> I am Crotch the Sticky, son of Groin the Moist, grandson <laughs> of Lumpsta. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Just that's it. Like this. Yeah. This whole scene, before you even see the characters, you see them as avatars. I was just like, I love every single one of these characters. I just straight up love every single one of these characters. <laughs> this book is awesome. One of my one of my favorites is that you know they're playing D and D in the beginning, and uh, the one kid, the, the the kid who always whispers, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I like. And this this is a theme throughout the book. Uh, when he vomits, where is it? When he vomits. He's vomiting orange soda, and the sound effect is Fanta. Yes, <laughs> I didn't notice that. That's funny. They do that a lot. There's um uh when uh they're trying to plot out the uh the robbery with action figures, Burger gets upset and he crushes one of the action figures, and the sound effect is Dick Move. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And like yeah. one one kid gets uh splashed with some chemical solution, and the the uh, the sound effect is drugs. Yeah, <laughs> that part was a little odd. The rest of it is so grounded, and then they use a truth serum that they sodium pentothal one, and it works. <laughs> That's not the only thing um, they use that works. I, I mean, I mean, what I enjoyed about it is, like you said, Dave, there definitely is a groundness to it, um, but there is still an absurdity to it in that this is hmm. kids on a crazy adventure, you know, yeah. it still is a comic book. So it's still, it, you know, it, cause sometimes, sometimes something like this can read very much like, you know, somebody's screenplay that they couldn't sell. So hmm. they just turned it into a comic book. And maybe that's the, the point with this as well. I think but he is making but, a movie actually. And, and I can believe it. Cause it definitely yeah. has, it has the touches there. It's, it's right there, but it, this still embraces 
its genre and its media of being a comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, straight down to there are some very there's there's some very specific comic book swipes, uh, art swipes in this mm. book as well. Mm. One which when it hit me, I was like, "Wow, that's a that's a direct swipe." It's a brilliant use. I'm not mm. even going to knock you on it. I, I, I say, "Bravo, bravo." Yeah, um, I like to that point. We 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 constantly kind of talk about this or edge around it. The idea that is it written for the trade? Is it written, Is it a, a failed pitch? Is it uh, an actual comic book? Is it like, is it satisfying in issues? I personally thought that the issue, like the chapters are satisfying on their own because yes. they are structured like comic book issues yes. that, that tell you a piece of the story, but you still feel satisfied. And then there's a small cliffhanger and they wants you to keep reading more as opposed to ending mid scene. And then the writer thinking that that's a cliffhanger. Like that's right. not how, comic books should be structured this is this could potentially this this is in line with like how you should teach how to write comic books the mm-hmm. like how how to write a serialized story because it, it's just it's so perfectly kind of put together even the the devices that they use like to enter every issue and end every issue and the you know the the little like easter eggs that they throw in it's all mm-hmm. it's all part of a piece and it's just all great i got to i got to say before we get too far into it Burger is like really took me out of it. He is so many negative Jewish stereotypes. Like oh. one after the next, he is dirty and disgusting. He's a shit about money. He was depicted literally with horns when he's the devil, you know, which is something that weirdly some people still believe. And I kept, I found it, it was like fun and engaging. But the more I read of it, the less I was like having fun because of that guy. And I checked that. I mean, the guy's last name is Rosenberg. He's probably Jewish. He may even have been kind of basing that guy on himself. And it's not like Jewish people can't be all of those things. And some certainly are. His dad was arrested for tax evasion. You know, (laughs) the thing with the quarter where he's like, well, you lent it to me. And then he fucking has the quarter. And he's like, oh, this shiny quarter is yours, waiter, if you do, you know, if you do as I ask. And he's just, he's got a yarmulke. His mom is, like, calling him out on drawing dirty drawings. And, like, I looked into it. And he said, I found an interview where Matthew Rosenberg was like, yeah, if we were anybody, I was probably Berger. And the artist, you know, was probably Walter. And he gave things for who page, you know, like. Yeah. that aren't relevant to this, but uh, so, like, if it's autobiographical, I can I can get behind it, but it was just so much. It was, like, everything out of this kid's mouth. They all kind of hate him. He, at one point, is like, oh, you did a good thing? That was the Christian thing to do. <laughs> you know? Like, man, it was just, uh, I don't know, for some reason, this example of it really got me and there's other cases where it's like mort from family guys like everybody's a caricature there you know yeah i mean yeah. and even the dad is like who ruined it burger <laughs> and there are kids like that you know what i mean and just because he's jewish doesn't mean he shouldn't be a little pain in the ass but it was just so many of the stereotypes one after another and i kept trying to be like no 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 and as it kept going i don't know you know 
And like I said, oh, the guy is Jewish and people can interact with their with their own culture in whatever way they want. But it it uh you know it, it made me enjoy it less, you know. Okay, but let me ask you this because yeah, one, yeah. as I was reading it, mm-hmm. not having grown up around a lot of Jewish kids, but I grew mm-hmm. up around some. Um I wasn't reading a lot of what him doing as stereotypical as hmm. for a Jewish kid. I mean, yeah. the, the the part about the money, I guess I could read it stereotypical as a Jewish as a Jewish person or hmm. um but I honestly just read it as him being a dick kid. Yeah, know? like a, a shit with ADHD. Just like yeah. constantly. Yeah, that's and how I, I read it. I'm glad that you didn't read it that way in some ways because it's like it's a stupid stereotype as are most if not all of them. Uh, so if it's like leaving the cultural idea of what a Jewish person is, then that's great. Because yeah, it didn't yeah, come of- across that way to me. And also your part about them not liking him. I didn't read it as them not liking him because he, he clearly hangs out with them. They clearly, and they all right. clearly, you know, in one way or another um, vibe with each other and feed off of one another. I thought that it was in dealing with this specific situation that, that they were dealing with that burgers, you know, like to JD's point, I mean, uh, Noel's point, his ADHD mm. might be, prove a little bit more of a hindrance to mm. dealing with the fine yeah. points of what they had to, d- to do. Oh, sure. It. Yeah. Like, it's a fine line because people are like that. And some of the people that are like that are Jews. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like you can't tell a story where that is. And I really wanted to not pay attention to it. And it just seemed to like everything. There was one panel in the fourth issue, the last one that I read. So maybe he totally redeems himself in issue five. I don't know. But in, I'm guessing no from Noel's reaction. And JD's, does he steal the money from the bank and keep it all? (laughs) All right. Well, that's good. Um, but, uh, he, in, he's the one that's like, I want to, I want to talk to Paige, you know, and they're like, no, you can't on the radio. And he's like, but I, but it's Paige. It's like the one kind thing that he does. Yeah. Um, well, he's, he's got a crush on her too. That was established I mean, like early on. His mother was giving him shit. Like oh, right, cause he's drawing, right. earlier drawing pictures of. Right. Yeah, right. right. I gotta go. And it was, yeah, I don't know for whatever reason, maybe I just, you know, was like in that headspace when it first started and he was the shit, and he's got a yarmulke. And I was like, ah, the Jewish kid is the one that they are all. He does have his hero time. moment because he's the one that know that uh, memorized the license plate. Because it said asshole. <laughs> that's why. It's. I, I mean, nobody yeah. else saw it. He did. That's a good point. That's a good point. He noticed it. That's good. Yeah, so I didn't. That, none of this occurred to me at all. That's why I was. Yeah. I kept cringing. Like the more you kept going, I was like, oh my god, he's right. right. I didn't, I didn't notice any of that. To me, he was just the the shitty friend, like the the goofy class clown friend that just can't rely on him. It did, you know, his sure. Jewish. He, he's a bull in a china shop in a, in a way. Like he's just everyone right. when you're 14 have a friend like that where it's just like, oh, why is he here? But yeah. he's always there. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Um, but that's, I guess, what I meant by they didn't like him. He's that guy that's like their outlet. You know, in ch- some childhood friendships, there's a group, and then there's the one that you're like, "This guy sucks, though." Well, it's it's the so group. Cool. It, you know, it's, 
it's the group dynamic. It's the group id. Like uh, when you right. when you're when you're all like that unformed or not fully formed yeah. yet. There's always like a group dynamic. Like one person is the most just becomes the most altruistic. Like the super ego. One is a, a like ego just in the middle. And there's yeah. always the there's always one that's just like. What if we set this mailbox on fire? Right. What's it gonna hurt? You know, like there's always I'm the, the one. It. Yeah, I'm the one. I'm the one. Everyone goes, ah, oh, JD, come on, dude. I've never said that in my life, and I'm not Jewish. Uh, no, you're not, and that's the thing too. <laughs> like the, uh, you know, why would you notice it if it wasn't? You know, you're not. You're not as aware of those stereotypes, yeah, and very thankfully, these are not. These are not the biggest. Uh, very thankfully for the Jewish people, it's not as bad as it used to be. You know, yeah. what I was going to say is they're not the worst in society, but that's not, there's nothing to be thankful about, about that. There's other people that are far more hurt. You, um, and, you mentioned it too. You mentioned it too, though. Like, is it, is it the same type of stereotype propagation if it's from somebody from that peer group? It's trickier, right? It does. Um, it's you like, can be self-hating. You can also be a guy who's like, nah, I make fun of I've made jokes about Jewish people. Not in a long time. It's just not, you know. Well, I don't think this yeah. is as easy as jokes. I mean, like, like uh, as a writer would do, like taking stereotypes and then turning that, like using them against the audience to kind of piece a character together. It did seem against me, but. <laughs> <laughs> but if the writer is also Jewish, then is that the same? Like, it's it's a. Right? It makes it, it's a trickier point. Metaphorical uh, question. Right. Um, you know, because, yeah, if you're the one that knows where the shoe pinches and you want to write a book about a small shoe, then, yeah, it does. There is something about it that I, I couldn't say exactly um, what allows you to do that. I think it's still better, you know, the highest good to, I don't know, not, but not in all situations, you know, humor is a great illuminating tool as well. Um, was this used to illuminate? No, I don't think so. I, I, um, but, uh, but JD, it reminded me of when you were talking about Onward. I mean, it hit you in a particular way because it was similar to your situation and you were, upset about with the mom and and Len was like well but they did do this with the mom so it's not as strong for Len and so for him that was a reason of you know that that wasn't something that he noticed so they didn't right. need to address it you know and it's not like a failing it's just the way that a story hits your experience yeah um and you know not only there's there's no way to know everybody else's experiences but um, you just so this, this sounds like you went into it and you started to notice these things about the characters and then you researched it and found out that um, you know Matt Rosenberg is Jewish and, and he's that character had you going, gone in knowing that would that have affected your take oh, on no. that like a few pages in I went back checked the, checked the writer's name oh. Like, oh it's Rosenberg well there's not a lot of you know Buddhist Rosenberg out there <laughs> Actually, there's a whole Jew boo. There's a whole group of Jews that have also embraced the philosophy of Buddhism. But um, uh, uh, <laughs> who knew? Who knew? I, 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 I had like Len's reaction, just like fuck it, uh, all kinds. All right, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that's fine. Yeah, okay. Well, Buddhism is, you know, it's a philosophy as well. You know, it's a it's a whole other thing. But. Yeah. Um, uh, so I went back and checked it and then I was pretty sure that he was Jewish and I was like, 
really trying to give him the benefit of that doubt too. And I was like, you know, I'll look it up later. And then like in issue three, uh, when I finished it, I was like, yeah, let's look it up. And I couldn't find as much information about him as I would have liked. You know, there's another Matthew Rosenberg who is a novelist or a writer, a journalist, I think actually. And he was sort of everywhere. I found like one picture in one article specifically about four kids walking to a bank and one like co-article with him and Rick Remender. Um, so yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's rough, man. It's hard to, and it's hard to say what the appropriate thing to write in a situation like this is, right? Like you want to write about a shitty kid who's also Jewish. Why not? But it just hit me. Yeah, but he could be shitty in other ways that aren't. Could be, you know, stereotypes too. You know, the thing about the thing about the quarter personally was really, you know, like that was where I was like, oh, this is just the whole focus of the book for me now. You know, is like, wow, I just saw that as a really, actually, well written, funny bit. I was, I Hmm. dug it. But again, I'm, I'm, I don't have the. I'm not looking yeah. at it from that right, end, right. So yeah. That's it fair. never entered your mind, like, right. oh, this is a stereotype in the beginning. So nothing built up for for you guys. You know what I mean? It's yeah. why would it enter your mind? It's funny. Yeah, to honestly, me, it, 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 I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, JD. Just real quick. It's just, I think it was maybe the second or the third issue that I even really noticed. Oh, he's got a yarmulke on. Uh, I don't even think I even really first, noticed it. The first panel he was in, I was like, yarmulke. You know, so uh, yeah, you can notice it too. But like, once, later yeah. on, towards, towards the middle of the book, I think I just started equating him with Jonah Hill. Like Jonah Hill was the voice in my head. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, especially Jonah this Hill, is the end. Jonah yeah. Hill basically, he always plays this character, right? He always plays the burger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. And Jewish people have a history of playing that in American comedy movies. Well, just like Jewish stereotypes. You know, I mean, there's a lot of comedy that has come from that. From us, from ourselves, you know. But but even the Kipa thing, the Yamaka thing, I think um, illustrates it perfectly. I noticed it in the first panel. It's a small circle that has little or no meaning to you guys. Why would you notice it? Why you know, like it's not it's not part of any world that you grew up in. But I saw them. Done, you know. It's right away. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, I went yeah, look yeah. just right away. Yeah, mm. but um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's not a. It's not a failing. I really it's wish you would have read the fifth issue. What's that? So, so I. I really wish you would have read the fifth uh, issue. If only. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll continue talking. You disappear and go read it and come back. All right. Or I, could well, just I mean, I mean it, it's very centralized around Burger, too. I don't know if that would have changed yeah. your... Maybe. Maybe it would have, you know? Yeah. One of my favorite Burger bits, though, made me laugh the most, was the trampoline and the sound effect. He's not yeah. actually saying Fuck... It. Fuck you. <laughs> it's pretty funny. majestically. Yes. I love yeah. that panel. He's in, in so many fun ways. He's wildly competent. And that panel has the best comic book swipe of them all. Oh, is that this? The yes. The bottom panel. Is that Superman? Yeah, that's Superman. Frank Quietly Superman from um, All-Star Superman. Wow. <laughs> I noticed it immediately when I saw the post. Nice. Oh, and and, and that, also, all, of that <laughs> being, all of that stuff being said, like there was that was happening in one side of my experience, and I did also find a number of the other stuff engaging and fun and enjoyable. You know, it was like 
it was not a monolithic experience for me. Um, right. Like that kept taking me out, but I was like, oh, this other stuff is really cool. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the uh, the characters as they were being developed through their through their um, dialogue, their their chemistry with one another. Um, I kept having to, you know, uh, zoom in on the page to see what Walter is saying, only to see that he's really not saying much. Uh, <laughs> it's not really. I think maybe. Just, yeah, you know. Um, I dug, I dug Paige, her, her feistiness. I, mm-hmm. I, 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 I reconciled with that, even though there was not a lot of back and forth between them, but you could immediately see that her, she was cool with all of them, but the most competent of all four of them were her and Stretch, and that's why they were the better of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I really just in, in, enjoy, I like the, the gangster references. Um, I liked that ultimately there is a a bit of a switch up that happens off panel in this book in in the fifth issue that I was like wow that's kind of cool that's kind of dope like what happened there um and and it made sense it it made sense with the story i i really enjoy i even like the art the the art was not what i was expecting because mm. i remember looking at this book on the uh, shelves and the issue one and the kind of like min- minimalist design of that cover. I was like, oh, this looks like it was kind of cool. But it was, by the time I had noticed it, because I think I reviewed it on spoiler alert and I wasn't on, um, it had a, hey Sam, uh, it had already been collected. So when I would see it in the bookshelves, it was it was wrapped, so I couldn't open it. I was like, this looks interesting. I don't like buying books that I can't at least look through, you know? Um, so I was like, oh, I always want to go check this out. So that's why I was glad to check this out. And that art is not what I was expecting, but I still quickly, it, it, it sung to me. Like, you know, the small panels, the, um, the, the storytelling of the artwork, that is, that is definitely another swipe. The, I think that's the slow swipe. motion walking, like badass, yes. badass walk. Yeah, I think that's from Quentin Tarantino. I think that's from um, Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. Um, it's just, it's, it's just. This is a great book. Very I good. agree. And I can yeah, see why it's issue. one of your favorites, JD. I can easily see that. Well, that, the one thing I want to say about this is um, because I read it in issues the first time, um, and then I just read it as a trade paperback, all in mostly I think one sitting uh, yesterday. I think i like it better in issues actually mm-hmm. i think by the time in all in one chunk by the time i got to issue the end of issue four the beginning of issue five i started to have a little bit of um i was a little tired of the constant back and forth of the dialogue and everything and like the snark uh after a while it became it felt a little bit like a crutch and i'm like okay can we mm. like it's okay. funny it's funny for a while and then it starts to be like can we can we do a little something different um so I think had I read it all the way in issues and each issue having its own time to breathe, I would have enjoyed it more, but I definitely felt a little bit of malaise uh, towards the end there. Um, that being said, I love the end of it. I know Sushan blew through it as well the other day. She's been reading more than I have on my, my stack of trades. And um, she's like, I can't wait for you to get to the end so we could talk about it. So I was like, oh, I can't, I'm excited. She didn't like the end. I love the end. I thought the end was perfect. 
And Sushan was like, nah, I don't like the end because it's there is a hard turn uh, from like whimsical and funny and snarky to like, oh, yeah. oh consequences. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a real hard turn. And honestly, I personally, I think it's incredibly earned. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, sure. it's, it's uncomfortable. It's upsetting. It's realistic. Yeah realistic in 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 yeah. so much as the uh whole concept of four kids successfully getting that far into robbing a bank yeah with with their own sleep serum or whatever <laughs> but um it was sleeping gas oh Sushan, but, Sushan heard me talking she wants to come in and add something oh, come yeah. on all right all right it's just that it's not that as an adult i like the end because in a rational way there should be consequences right but as just like the abrupt change of like whimsical kid death that like, I don't know that just it's dry. spoiler alert. Oh. That was, that was, well, that was my question though. Is he dead? He's dead, yeah. right? Yes. He's dead. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's not at the end. No, not One of them dies. Oh, he's no, not, he's, he's not, dead. but he's not there at the end. Yes. But we yes. don't see him die. Right. And he's if dead. that happened when I was a kid and survived, I might not be those friends anymore. Uh -oh. So like uh -oh. would years uh -oh. later, they still be friends if he did survive. Well, that's what I was thinking. But... Yeah. Okay. Like I think, true, he, I think he's dead also, oh. but there's no confirmation. Okay. We yeah. don't see a body. I think the way storytelling telling works right. is that he's the, the author is very clearly showing us that he didn't make it. Not that okay. like, Oh, off panel, he decided to move, <laughs> you know, okay. I can appreciate. I appreciate her 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 point um, because, to, like Noel said, the the change in tone does come like bam, it 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 hits you, but it is earned, and I actually think that it's earned because, to a degree, as as whimsical as the story is, there are parts in the story that are grounded in reality that are you know real world and there is always a reminder there somewhere along the lines in each issue that there are consequences even if you may not see the consequences there there's all there's this this ticking clock of the consequences are coming if you keep down the this um the road that you are on right yeah uh so that when it does come, it can be abrupt because you've been keeping down these roads no matter, despite all the signposts that you have been passing saying, turn the fuck back around, yeah. you keep going. That means that the consequences are going to be even more and more dire because you just keep barreling on ahead and then they become dire as fuck. Yeah, uh, it, it, the, if, I, you know what, if it was just, it's, it's technically like two turns Something happens sure. and then the sure. character responds just as extremely, right? Yes. Another character responds extremely. If it was just the one, then it would have felt like if it was just the first turn where, you know, this kid mm. gets shot, uh, it would have felt like fabricated in a way. But then the response to also like match force, yes. then it automatically felt like, oh shit, this is, these are people making stupid, like actual stupid choices in duress and now it feels real and it feels scary yeah. and what the fuck like and it just it it really worked if it was one if it was only one or the other then it wouldn't have worked but it just it was all paced so incredibly well and it also had that like fill-in panel so like 
he didn't abandon the style of the book when it turned raw because mm-hmm. it still has that like under no circumstances do you shoot a child yeah. uh, like it still had those kind of like weird comedic flourishes but it was during something a little bit more real and scary yeah so I, I actually almost appreciate the fact that they maintained the tone of the entire book during the crazy parts yeah and it made it feel even more you know stomach turning like oh this is real now Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. When when there's always a panel when violence is about to happen, everything goes black and there's like a PSA where the violence should be. I think, well, I think if I if I recall, I think it may only be there when the violence is inflicted upon the kid. Yeah, the yeah. Other yeah. time it's under no circumstances should you sucker punch a child. Right. And you don't see the sucker punch. You see kids hitting people. Um, even adults, but you don't see the violence on a, on to a child. That was a funny line when he's like, it, uh, "Very rarely is it the right thing to do to walk in, like this is like never, but to like wander into somebody's home and punch a child." In the- <laughs> so yeah, sorry, Brian. Uh, Burger gets shot and dies. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of. Well, we was, didn't say like, who it was. Yeah, up he, until right now, he figured it out. He I figured mean, it out he, earlier. I figured it out putting two and two together where you got where I was like, is he the hero in the end? And you guys are like, well, he and he, then somebody dies from, <laughs> from his perspective. He thought he was being a hero because he was defending Paige. Like it was and he, it was a, it was a character turn for him. But it All turned right, out good. Yeah. And he wore a cape. He did wear a cape. That is cool. I mean, capes are cool for sure. He for for as much as, you know, the characterization up until this point, it was his version of a heroic move. Yes. But because it's the real world, it was not, not it didn't work out for it him. It was not the move to make. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so you're right. You know, maybe you would want to know if I read this last issue, a good heroic move does a lot for me. You know what I mean? A good character turn at the end can go a long way. Yeah, well, I, don't know how I would have felt, but you know, maybe I'll, yeah. catch up. Maybe I'll uh, report back. It's like botched heroism, which Still, kind of counts for me. Uh, it, yeah, the intent is what matters in those instances. I mean, it also matters if you succeed. That is a big. That is also, a big too, just as as like the last act of a movie, though. Like, yeah, it's the this fifth issue is filled with some of the most fun art and the most mm-hmm. fun like gags because right well, yeah, because yeah. it's it's yeah. Uh, the Watchmen. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's, they're they're nine panel grids. This whole this whole sequence is nine panel grids yeah, yeah. and like Watchmen colors and stuff. It, it there's the last issue is 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 just as enjoyable as the last twenty minutes of a heist movie, yeah. where everything everything that's seated yeah. before starts to ramp up and then pay off yeah. and pay off and pay yeah. off and and things that were intentionally held from you during the course of the story to be a surprise <laughs> later are paid <laughs> off. It's <laughs> this is just great. Yeah. I'm sorry, as I'm flipping through. I love a page like that. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah. You've got the segments, you've got the cutaway of a of a, of a scene, and you can see mm-hmm. what everyone's doing. Mm-hmm. I pointed this out to Sushan last night, which she didn't notice. The dad is downstairs uh, masturbating to um, mm-hmm. Frankenstein sucking off the wolfman. Yeah. Yes. He's yes. into real weird porn. Yeah. yeah. And also, What's that? With actual penetration. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And that is some uh, pretty, uh, pretty advanced monster porn. I mean, his whole body is like that. Yeah. <laughs> the penis is like that as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're impressed by their cosplay. 
I'm starting to wonder if it is cosplay. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's an actual snuff film of the actual Wolfman. Well, this is this, the other thing I wanted to talk about is, yeah, I do love the artwork so much. Like Len said, um, it reminds me a little bit of David Aja's Hawk, Hawkeye. Yeah, I see that. I see that. I, I looked it up and t- Tyler Boss, I think his name is, he had done, like he hasn't done too much comic book work, but one of his, one of the things on his resume was uh, cartoons and his illustrations for vice.com. Which ah. almost makes sense. He's got this this way of of creating sim- simple seeming infographics to show you many things, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, you know, that's the kind of thing that you would learn in editorial. That's the kind mm-hmm. of thing where like you would learn shortcuts on how to tell a story quickly right. when you're only given a static panel. And he does this, yeah, he does this stuff throughout the whole book, and it's beautiful. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I. I, I would recommend this to anyone listening. I think this, you know, I've been recommending this for a while from Black Mask Studios. This as well as Matt Rosenberg's other book, um, We Can Never Go Home, I think are fantastic. Would you guys also recommend it? I would. I would recommend it, yeah. It's, it's a, a tough one. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. I haven't finished the last issue. I, Finish the last issue and then get back to us. I'll get back like to next you. Can right I, now, no. Can but I tell you? A lot of well done stuff in it. This is not the first Matt Rosenberg I've read, mm-hmm. um, but everything I read was based off of everyone telling me this is great. Mm. And it was the X-Men stuff from, from what was it? Uh, Age of the X-Man. Like oh. he was writing. I was like, everybody loves this Matt Rosenberg and this mm. stuff is garbage. Mm. I think <laughs> that, that has a lot to do with that whole debacle. I know. Yeah. And that's just it. Like I had a very bad experience and, you know, more like an indifferent experience with Matt Rosenberg's writing. And mm. this is so much more than I was expecting. This is so nice. Uh, if, if you guys like this, I would also recommend if you anyone out there has read Four Kids Walk in the Bank and you want something uh, similar uh, and less anti-Semitic maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe you could check out The Fix yes. by Nick Spencer as well as The Superior Foes of Spider-Man also by oh, Nick Spencer. Hmm. Exact same vibe. Um, I highly recommend all of those. Um, I would. I haven't read uh, the sinister um, villain of uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man's um, buddies and his amazing <laughs> friends. <laughs> I, I, I have. I haven't read that. Um, flip, flip, or two. <laughs> but oh, the eight. fix, I have read, and I can wholeheartedly Can't recommend the fix. Hmm. I think. Without having read the Spider-Man, so I can't speak to that. The fix definitely fits in the where the wheelhouse if you like this book, Four Kids Walking to a Bank. And I think the fix really is right in that wheelhouse. And it's adults. I don't think it's anti-Semitic at all. Um, I think it does play around with some stereotypes, as I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but that's in kind of like your typical action crime yeah. movie way, not, I don't think in any type of offensive way at all, if if it's there at all. It's funny, it's action filled, it's it's timely, it's good, it's good story, it's good crime. It, it's just a good book. Please yeah. read the face. Also, just if I may, on the topic of, when you called it anti-Semitic, even that I was like wrestling in getting ready this morning, I was like wrestling, even even saying, is it anti-Semitic? You know what I mean? Like, I've been thinking about his mom is in many ways a stereotypical Jewish mom. 
but maybe his Matthew Rosenberg's mom was like that. And should you not be allowed to write about character inspired by your own experience? So even yeah. anti-Semitic is different. It just, it just, it put me off. You know what I mean? Uh, and it, you know, as we've been wrestling, yeah. it was a fine. It's not in malice, right? Even, even if it, even if it does rely too much on stereotype in, in mm -hmm. a off-putting way, you, you would agree. None of this is actually in malice or against Jewish people or, or painting a terrible picture. Or would you? He probably would say he's picture. painting a terrible picture. But yeah. but in malice, like I, I want to show you just how you know pervasive Jewish people can be with their stereotypes. And here, look, like it's it's not. Is it I pernicious? Um, I don't know if it was in malice. That's part of why I looked it up to see what his background was to try to gauge. I mean, I would hope not. I would hope it is more insensitive. I guess how other people might feel, even though he is also Jewish. It's such a fine line. So I'm asking your feeling, actually. I, I didn't phrase the question correctly. I'm asking how oh. you feel. Did I feel like it was malicious? Yes. I mean, I wanted it to not be. That was how I felt. Was I was All like, right. oh, I hope this is not. And not necessarily. It could just as easily be like, hey, I was telling this story and it, it struck you, Brian, leave that way. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, so I don't know. I don't know. I hope not. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to give enough chances for it not to be to allow it to be enjoyable, you know, uh, and and OK. But, yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, Sorry, <laughs> well, the Fantastic Four came out as well. We're going to talk about that next. Hey, if we did four. Now it's four more. Fantastic. This is volume one of Dan Slott's run of the Fantastic Four. The trade paperback has the first four issues. It's called Forever. You can get it at your local comic shop. Uh, Diamond has this to say. The wait is over. The Thing, The Human Torch, The Invisible Woman, and Mr. Fantastic, the first four heroes of the Marvel Age of Comics, are about to be reunited. Experience the grand return of the greatest family in the Marvel Universe as an event occurs that will radically alter the Fantastic Four Reed and Sue Richards return home with their children, but things have changed. And while Alicia Masters and The Thing ponder a big change of their own, the next chapter begins in the life of Victor Von Doom. Plus, who are the Marvel Universe's newest fantabulous foursome, the Fantastics? With an X? Uh, how did they come into possession of the life of Victor Von Doom? And what does that mean for the original FF? The world's greatest comic magazine is back and better than ever. Uh, with art by Sarah Pichelli and Stefano Caselli. Good art team. Caselli. So what had happened, for anybody who wasn't around, the uh, Secret Wars happened. You know, uh, John Hickman did his Fantastic Four run, and then he did a big Avengers run, and then it all culminated in uh, the basically the ultimate universe and the 616 marvel universe getting smushed together at the end of secret wars but at the end of that series reed and sue and their children um uh what, what's his name franklin franklin franklin, franklin, franklin benjamin which i didn't realize franklin benjamin which is benjamin Richards, which is really fun <laughs> um he is able to create universes so because i think at the end of secret wars the uh multiverse is less than, I don't know if it's completely wiped out, but 
basically their idea is we're going to have Franklin Richards, who was able to create universes, stick around and we'll just be creating universes willy nilly, which is real fucking weird. Uh, so the Fantastic Four have been gone for, I think, a couple of years, maybe, or at least not, a year. Not all of the Fantastic Four. Five, five for them. Yeah, It was five, five years for them and then like about a year in Marvel time. And in the yeah. real world, like more than five, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. this came out. This came out twenty, the early twenty nineteen or no, no twenty eighteen, right? Uh, Secret Wars ended in twenty fifteen. Okay. So they were taken off the map in twenty fifteen, and oh. it wasn't until this that they came back. Well, well, to, that the Fantastic Four came back. If I understand, weren't the Thing and the Human Torch? Yeah, they, they were, were still around. Yeah. They were it left was, behind, and then they were put on other teams, and then right. The 12 issues leading up to this, they had a Marvel two in one. Right. It was the two of them. I think that was Chip Zdarsky and yeah. Rotating Artists. Yeah. That was fun. Right. But I'm just saying I, the storyline yeah. is that Reed, Reed and Sue went off with their kids, Franklin and Valeria. Uh, Valeria. Valeria. Oh, and yeah. the rest of the kids Valeria. of the Future Foundation to yeah. do this yeah, yeah. universe seating. And yeah. Dragon Man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, man. Yeah. Yeah. So you had mentioned before the end of the end of um, Secret Wars. <laughs> the end of Secret Wars is a uh, uh, the Molecule Man recreates the multiverse, <clears throat> but then they go out and try and create more or or go and create other universes at the same time. So like the the idea is that you know everything's back to normal. But we're going to go explore more of of these things. We'll create them and explore them and create them and explore them. Like kind of almost like, a, you know, keep building on the multiverse, yeah. which I, I did find weird also. Like, hey, I'm going to let this teenager <laughs> use the power cosmic to create a universe. And then we're going to go yep. traipse around in it and fuck around with like the, you know, the, that the, seems so the life that's in there. Ca just casually callous and uh, unsafe hmm. or like someone who's really into fucking science and being responsible. Like let's create it and then go fucking just poke around in it. Well, I mean, but I mean, isn't that what scientists that. do? Science yeah. create I mean, stuff and then poke around in it. You're exploring. You know? I mean, sure. Yeah. If it's pre-existing, but to play God, to make it, yeah. to go fuck around in it, that's weird. But also right? part of the, but also part of the storyline, if I remember correctly, was that in him, using this power was the only way that it could slowly be siphoned off of him because as he made these universes he became less and less oh i think that was a byproduct not something that they wanted to do like it was like hey you could do this let's do it not no, but i thought we that, have that to go use this energy so you don't get hurt i thought well, they, they, they knew about it going in he's been able to do that for a long time that was the onslaught Here, you, yeah was reborn. or heroes yeah. wait heroes reborn yeah, yeah but that's kind of been like Whatever he had, whatever, look, 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 let's be real. Look, Franklin Richards has been tweet power-wise since the Up 70s. And oh, yeah. So whatever yeah. he did in Heroes Reborn, which is now probably, if not, 20 years ago, mm. I'm sure has been tweaked four or five times oh, yeah. since then. Oh, yeah. God knows his age has gone Wait, up and down the, I, the scale he, since then. Yes. Yes. Uh, what I What I am pushing back on is the plot device that they're doing this explicitly to siphon out some of his power that did not come across to me. It was that us doing this is depowering you not, we're going to do this. So he's not so dangerous to himself. 
if which is what I think. Yeah, you I didn't get that at all. Maybe yeah. that was mentioned somewhere, but I didn't know that. Yeah, no, I, no, I, just, I don't. Okay, okay. I don't. I don't think if that's what you were inferring. That's that's what I was think, my question. I I was inferring that, but as it being a, I think that Reed. You know, I'm not even going to speak because I didn't see read Secret Wars because I didn't care. Um, oh. because, it was good, and, and I've heard it was really good. good. I'll give it to you. God bless you. No, that's fine. Thank you. Um, thank you, Brandon, because he's been on me about that too. Um, oh, well, but well, because I read John Hickman's Fantastic Four just to speak it to um, JD's question earlier. I was deep. I'm I'm a big fan of. Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's run on Fantastic Four. I've read, if not all of it, most of it. I appreciate the big bombastic adventure that the two of them crafted together for the Fantastic Four in making what was the tagline of the book, the world's greatest comic magazine. And it was, and it was, they were truly Marvel's first family because you had the A-team of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby drawing this book and writing it, it was the book that touched on almost every part of the Marvel Universe. The Avengers could show up in the uh, Fantastic Fantastic Four and it felt right because of the things that they dealt with. Spider-Man could show up and it felt right. Silver Surfer could show up. They could go down to Atlantis. They could fuck with the Inhumans. They would take you know, 12 issues, and it wasn't a special uh, event in the Fantastic Four, but it'll be like 12, 20 issues, and it's just them farting around in the negative zone. Mm. Why? Because it's there. Because we're explorers. It's because of what we do. Um, Imagine us. Exactly. It, and it was, it was, and with Jack Kirby's art, it was just so mind bending and so big, you couldn't, I mean, even if you didn't like the 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 craftsmanship of his art, you know, like the, the draftsman, like he he because he had Kirby uh, anatomy for certain. <laughs> um, you just couldn't not be sucked in, but by how bold he was with mm. his with his choices and and his design work, and Stan just leaned into it because you know historically Stan would write a plot and then. Jack Kirby would just go and pretty pretty much put the whole thing together, uh, and then Stan would just come in and write a bubble. You know, Stan, Jack was really the one building this whole this whole thing out. Um, and as much as I was a fan of Burns' run on Fantastic Four, having reread that now, hmm. it still it still holds up as good and it has its moments. But a lot of it is warmed over Kirby and hmm. Stan Lee. Is the Wade run good? The Wade run is good. The Wade run is akin to this run at Dan Slots in that it still is big, but it definitely leans more on the family aspect of it, right? Mm -hmm. Hickman's was very Lee Kirby. It was big, but it was more original than Burns. Um, And while it had good art, you know, none of those art, none of the artists were as big as Burns, so it does, it didn't come across as big, um, but it still was good. This run, Dan Slott's leading into what we're about to 
to get into is definitely leaning on the family because it's reintroducing the family to Marvel because they have, haven't been together for so long. So, so it's smart to lean on the family. It's smart to lean on a hot artist of the moment and Sarah Pakelli to, to bring you into this. It's Dan Slott who's known for doing good stories but also doing good characters and known for being a little bit more comedic and slight in, in, his, in his writing. And that is all in here. Um, which to me makes an enjoyable read, an enjoyable book, but ultimately still a very slight book. And I don't know if that's because it is four issues. I don't know if that's because the art, as good as it is, doesn't feel fantastic for enough to me. I don't know. There's something about it just feels a little off. I, uh, I, this is, this is, um, you're, you're touching on a problem that I have with a lot of Dan Slott's work. Um, it's too cute by half. Mm-hmm. It's it's this is a great plot and here's here look I, I I've got a really good nugget and then he gets really cute and or com, uh, con, uh, convoluted with it and it just loses its fun yeah. like it, it becomes yeah. a bit of a chore. So like the first two and a half to three wow. issues of this four issues was f- was actually pretty fun and then the, that fourth issue of the fake team and the this and that. And they need to know who we are as a family. I was just like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, I, I was just, I don't care about this team. now. Oh, the, when the Fantastics come in. Yeah. Here? It was like the <laughs> dumbest fill in issue. And I just didn't care. I and that, it. it reminded me of what I don't care about or what I don't like that Dan Slott does. He, he created this large thing and these large stakes immediately. Yeah. It's done, which is comic booky. That's cool. But then we go back to, earth and it's cheesy and i didn't care oh, uh, a lot of the idea like more toward lens point but that uh, but also yours know that they um a lot of the stuff that was done here was getting them back together so there's yeah. like a major story element that is not going to be like it, that mind-blowing of a story it's just like ah, let's get them back together you know right, that right, kind right. Of thing. yeah um but i still thought they're like their adventure kind of thing was cool. The way that they solved that problem, you know, it yeah. Was like, All right, that's, yeah, yeah. Issues two and three yeah. were awesome. Mm. Issue one was like, cool. Mm. There's no fantastic four here. Right. Right. Well, the impossible man thing though, addressing yeah. that was a lot <laughs> of fun. Funny. Yeah. Um, issue yeah. two and three were so fun. I did not see the, I, I didn't, I didn't, I should have, but I didn't see the, the cliffhanger of bringing everyone that's ever been a part of the fantastic four yeah. over. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, Awesome yeah. co- classic comic booking, and it was funny yeah. and it was cool. So, yeah. like the the two middle issues were so great, but I the first the first issue was slight, and I was just like, okay, cool. Mm. Like this feels like the first half of a better issue. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And then the fourth issue was just like I was I slugged through it. Like mm. I, I I so I, again, it's like a weird microcosm of how I always end up feeling when I read Dan Slott's work. <laughs> a handful of really, really great ideas and like high peaks. And then he indulges himself and I just get really bored and drop off. You know what the first issue felt like to me? The first issue felt like when you would, this is dating ourselves definitely, but when you would get 
an issue of Wizard Magazine and they'd have the very special zero issue of uh, the new yeah, Fantastic yeah, Four yeah. in there. That's, that's not even dating ourselves. They still do that shit. It's just a zero <laughs> issue or a free comic book day issue. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's what the first issue felt like. It was like, you know, it's just all yeah. set up, all preludes. All and honestly, yeah. I also think that that was needed because if you weren't reading Secret War, Wars and you weren't aware of the last five years of there being no Fantastic yeah. Four, I right. think it was extremely important to set up what them not being around has affected how that has affected um the people who are still there and how important the ffr to the world and to mm -hmm. their family so mm -hmm. when we get to the end and um he does the big you know he takes the the fantastic four um the flare gun. gun the flare gun and makes it the size of the the planet i was like oh shit, this is great um <laughs> i i don't care about the fantastic four i liked uh, Mike Waringo's run with um, Wade. 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 That was I like that. And um, I liked the Mark Miller run with Brian Hitch. Mm, and that's okay. kind of it. Mm. Uh, I don't really, I, I haven't really gotten to the Hickman FF yet, but um, I did not anticipate enjoying this at all because, mm. you know, I, I read uh, all of Dan Slott's Spider Man run and I loved all the big events. Like I like Spider Island and I like mm. Spider Verse and all that stuff, but uh, some of the in between was a little bit of a slog. Mm -hmm. um, so I wasn't expecting to enjoy this, and I woke up this morning after having read it last night, and I was ready to read the next volume. I was like, "Oh, you yeah. know what? Maybe, maybe I'll get a hold of that second volume and read it before the show." And then yeah. I wound up going back to bed. But um, <laughs> that's the first time that I've ever been like, "Oh, I got to get that next Fantastic Ooh. Four. That was real Ooh. good." Um, and, you know, I think part of that is the Sarah Pichelli art. I also like Stefano Caselli quite a bit. Um, but, yeah, this was a bucket of fun. Uh, I like the on your right scene at the end of issue two, I think, uh, where all the, all the heroes show up. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the line, right? On your right? On your left. On your, on your left. left, shit. On your yeah. left. On your other right. Um, I, had, I had forgotten about this first issue when it first came out because I was hype. For mm. the Fantastic Four coming back, like mm. I, I, I like the Fantastic Four. They're they are characters that I've never followed for a long period of time, but for some reason I've always had affection for them. Mm. And I honestly do think that that's because everyone keep the world tells me I should have affection for them because they are the first family of the Marvel universe. It's almost like it's almost like I appreciate them as as what they are more so than the story I've read that just ingratiated mm. me. So I really was hyped for this, and I have the first issue, and I read it when it came out, and I didn't care. And I never continued until this week when you guys asked us to read this. Same. Yeah, it was, it's, um, I'll totally read more, but am I hyped to? No, I have all, I have all of the trades so far. Oh, and good. I think that Dan Slot, everything you said about his writing is spot on for the rest of the series. And I'm enjoying it for the most part. I think the biggest letdown, and unfortunately it, it shows in this book um, and it will continue on throughout this series. And I'm curious about it. It does not have a regular artist. There is not a regular artist on this book. So the book art style changes very dramatically, hmm. um, sometimes within story. So it's not even like story to story. It's something like, I don't, I don't have, I think I've got four or five trades now, and there's not one storyline that has a solid artist throughout it. Mm. Um, uh, that bums me out. 
And that and that that's really it bums me out one because of you know what historically the Fantastic Four has meant to me and what I know that historically they've meant to Marvel. Um, and it also bums me out in that I think that's a disservice to the story, even though I still think that some of his story is a little bit too cute for, for school. Um, there are some fun ideas and fun bits that are there, and I don't think they're always, you know, um, helped by the artist that's drawing that particular bit at that particular time. Mm. Uh, uh, Anthony D mentioned Dance Lot's Silver Surfer run. I really liked. I um I stopped reading it for some reason. I think I was just really busy. But if that's I'm remembering correct. If I'm remembering correctly, it's Mike Allred on art. Who is yeah, I I have the omnibus over there ready to yeah. read because I I had heard it was always so great and I mm. want to give it a shot. It's just it's it's on the list. I liked it. I really liked it. Not just the art, but also you know the take on this over surfer. I thought was really cool. Uh. Did you guys catch the Batman Beyond Fantastic Four reference homage? Ooh. The so the Fantastics, I think. So oh are, yes, yes, yeah. Okay. The, uh, I just looked it up. The terrific trio was the name in Batman Beyond, where there is a two dimensional guy mm-hmm. and wow. a big lava monster and yeah. like an ethereal woman, and that it was clearly a Fantastic Four homage. And then here, it's like an homage to the homage, it seems like, which I thought was cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, real quick, can you guys see? I put Anthony D's comment mm-hmm. on the screen. Yeah. Can you see that? That's why I commented on it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. I wasn't sure yeah, if there was were comments I posted it. Yeah, okay, it, cool. yeah, Anthony D mentioned it. Like, I don't know if, like, so Brian, you had read some of it. I haven't read mm-hmm. any of it, but I want to. It's I'm ready for it. And I, it's weird. I desperately want to like Dan Slott's stuff, <laughs> but it only ever happens in chunks. Like Superior mm. Spider-Man, I thought was fucking brilliant, and I loved every second of it. But then it's like the amazing that was before it. I kept falling on and off of it because it kept losing me. Like like JD said, like the events mm. and the big ideas were really fun, but then all that stuff in between was just fine. Yeah. It was. So like I kept falling times. off, and I yeah. It was three times a week, and I found myself like I'm reading comics every week. Oh yes. <laughs> Yes, three times. A it month. felt like three times a week, right? But it was it's only. Like, <laughs> it's like, why is this even a concern? I'm reading multiple comics every week anyway. But I just felt like, ah, oh, it's enough. It's too much already. With the, yeah. you know, um, what do you guys think about Doctor Doom in uh, in this? I thought it was a cool, you know, a new a new deal for Doom. Uh, I loved Infamous yeah. Iron Man. Okay, and this yeah. is supposed to kind of take place after that. I found all those issues too, and I, I plan on rereading them. I I loved that for the character and the way that they. Have you guys ever? Has anyone else read that? No, yeah. it looked cool though. Right. Yeah, um, where he tries to you know kind of do well after Secret Wars um, with his new face, mm-hmm. but um, that leaves him in a good spot or a good bad spot at the end mm-hmm. of that like twelve issue series, mm-hmm. and this is supposed to be like the return or like you know. What comes next? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was kind of like, in a way, I was just like, cool. And then another side, I was like, oh, they're going to just erase all that really cool character yeah. development. Yeah, that's the way I felt. I was like, oh, yeah. but he was, what about Infamous Iron Man? That was yeah, really good. That's the thing. He wasn't even that. a good guy. It was just kind of cool. Yeah. He's so, yeah. like, I see him. It, he's one of the more tragic, you know, bad guy who could be good figures to me, where, uh, like, especially in later years, he's like, he and Reed still have this almost friendship and 
he's he's good to the people of Liberia. He could be good if he wasn't so bad. And um, uh, he's even more than Luther, you know. Um, so I hate to see that kind of characterization wiped away because I so want yeah. him to use his talents for the betterment of humanity. But uh, he's also such such an interesting villain that it's like he's also one of the ones that like, well, you can't get rid of Doctor Doom. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I just see him as being very, even more so, just a layered character. Because, like, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, a villain, yeah. yet he has this grudging respect for Valeria. What am I saying? No, he, cares, he cares deeply about In yeah. fact, he named her. That was right. their deal, right? Yeah, know, yeah. So, so I, which means that him and Reed, while still at odds, because mm -hmm. Reed knows about his affection for his daughter, they got kind of got this kind of like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, sibling more now is even more of a like, just a very bizarre sibling rivalry between one yeah. of the it's, I, I mean, I, I dig it. I just, I dig yeah. it. It's just doing something more with the character. I like you guys I like Universe X, right? You didn't no. get through Earth X? No. See, I started with Universe X and I loved it. And Doom is uh he's he's plays the hero in that one. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I like I I am not a giant fan of the Bwahaha third person Doom. <laughs> Doom commands it. Yeah, that that to me is just super cheesy, but but the more nuanced Doom that was in the Hickman's Fantastic Four run, yes. Secret Wars, Infamous yeah. Iron Man, the one that's like been progressing in the last 10 years of comic books. Hmm. Slot doesn't care for that one and is now going back to the Bwahaha Doom. And yeah. I don't I don't like that. I, I if I remember, while there is some of that in here, there's a there still are nods of what's what Hickman did. This yeah. really was just a glimpse. You know, yeah. I mean it wasn't much. They're nods as it yeah. continues on. And I mm -hmm. find it interesting to do the whole like he's got no armor, he's doing his magic thing, but he's got the yeah. Very interesting yeah. character design for Doom specifically to be. He's like, ripped. Armor. He ripped Doom. Nice. Also, I remember one of the things I loved about the FF run by Wade and Waringo was they really dived heavy into the Arcana and how Doom is not only a master of like robotics, but also yeah. magic. And I was like, what? Mm. I didn't even know this. Was that the he leather mask? Creating a, a suit of armor made out of skin. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. All yeah. right, I, I think I have to read this run eventually it's now. So that run was a fun run. It was. It was it's, it's not long though, if I remember. It's like there's oh, a no. nice omnibus that I'd like to get of that. Yeah, it's like um, this big. It's so what, yeah. like thirty issues, thirty-five issues, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Tim, Tim from last week. If anyone remembers, Tim from last week. Hey Tim. Hey Tim. Longtime best friend of the show. He's been on the. He's been on several of the shows. Tim from last week. He owns Comic Zen in uh, Lansdale, PA. He says the buildup for FF was really done in the two-in-one with Johnny and Ben. We didn't need that FF number one. And to that, I say, if you didn't read that, right. why did number one happen? This is yeah. like well, a unique position also because the, the FF for the first time ever and for like, you know, corporate uh, battling reasons, I understand, weren't being published for right. a while. So yeah. it's not like, oh, we got to catch people up if they weren't reading the series. It's like, there's even more of a chance than usual that people wouldn't know what's going on. Yeah. And had that had that Marvel 2-in-1 ended with the return of the Fantastic Four, I could go, okay, yes, now Fantastic sure. Four number one is going to have the FF. But because it, it didn't, 
Uh, and actually, when I was reading issue one of this uh, Forever trade, I was wondering, is this one of the issues, one of the lead-in issues of Marvel 2-in-1? Because the FF aren't in here. And because that, that series didn't end with the FF returning. Hmm. Hmm. I thought it was kind of necessary here. Um, and then, uh, oh, Tim also says, I love Slot's personal talking head stuff. I don't hmm. get excited about his ongoing stories slash action. Hmm. Yeah, well, so that's kind of what Noel was saying, right? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was excited about uh, Professor Power and the Future Foundation. Is he part of um, Power Pact? I think he, I don't know what his deal is. I vaguely I don't know who that is. Alex Power? Him being in the I, think he, I, think he, I think he has something to do with the Power Pact. I could be wrong, but I did tend to remember that from my Power oh. Pact days. I like his outfit here, though. I like the Future Foundation's got like different plays on. Uh, that thing. I, I remember them from back during Hickman's run, and I always thought they were cool, like, you know, a bunch of super smart kids. Yeah, you're right, Power Pack. Yeah. That frustrated me. I was like, why is there an S on their... On their yeah, oh, actually, their, that's a lightning bolt? The lightning the flash? Bolt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, although I like the square. I was disappointed that I don't think they're in those outfits, but with fours. Can we talk about that, like, square uh, collar thing. It's a yeah, cool update of their classic look. Two things. One, I love Sarah Pichelli. I did not love her design for Reed. He's got like, like a, designs at all. a weird, a weird thing. nasty beard thing. Weird here. Yeah, at some points it was just like right here. It's just like, yeah, what are you doing? Weird. This is really creepy. And then also, too, you, you're showing their, their suits where the four looks like a lightning bolt. And then later on, he makes fun of the, the Fantastics for it kind of looks like an E instead of an F. I was just like, Glass House is well, big guy. That looks funny, though, making fun of that. My understanding was that Reed and Sue changed it because they're not part of the four anymore. I was just guessing. But I that mean, was... no, it, it shows the four, and then Valeria's got uh, six, and Franklin has five. No, I know like, they have those. Do they have fours on there? That's a four? I think that's, that's supposed to be a four, four, dude. It's supposed to be a four. Oh. It's not awesome. I, yeah, it's not good. I, until this moment, <laughs> did not know it was supposed I remember them having the numbers from, like, Back in the Future Foundation. You're flash you know blind. You know what? It looks better <laughs> at an angle. It's more obvious at an angle, Brian. At an angle, you say? That's a four. Oh, yeah, well, it's a four with one of the lines missing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually looked it up. Alex yeah. Power is the founder of Power Pack. The founder. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. yeah. I want. Are they going to do a Professor Power in the Future Foundation series? Is that no? No. No. no, no, only you want that. I like the Fantastic. <laughs> Every time I see this cover, I always want to read it. So I'm glad I finally got to it. I mean, it's it's a cool, dumb, dumb little story. I didn't mind it. Um, yeah, I thought it was cute. I mind. I'm the, my problem was with it juxtaposed against what we just read. That's true. That's true. Uh, it did seem like, why is this at the end of this other story? It seemed almost like a fill-in issue that they put at the end of this. But I get why it was, because that's when they came back and set up that they're not yeah. in the character building and all that stuff. And it's what makes it worth uh, um, fat enough for a trade. Ideally, sure. if the story itself would have one more issue, you put this at the beginning of the next issue, hmm. or the next trade. Hmm. Or I have more than four part. issues in a trade. Oh, that is really cool. Yeah, I like that one a lot. And I, it looks like it wasn't used. Uh, I think it says in the on the next page, it says like unused teaser art. I thought it was awesome. Oh, uh, Iceman's bit. 
that we haven't seen yet, but he's like, no, 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 I'm in the Fantastic Four. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Me too. And I was like, yeah, well, yeah, definitely that's, counts that's now. In canon. What does in canon mean? It means Uncle Johnny's yeah. a dickhead. Or no, it means Iceman's a dickhead or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was funny. Yeah, that was, I, I loved the whole, you know, I always think it's cool when you see yeah. another member. I don't like it as much as the main those, four. Those two issues were fantastic. Yeah. I loved them. But bookended uh, by sure, sure. boring to me. Do you guys, how'd you guys feel about the new Fantastic Four? That always had a, a soft spot in my heart. I oh, love the new Fantastic Four. That, that was, was probably cool. the first Fantastic Four issue I actually read. Oh, yeah. 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 I picked those. I picked those from up from the the stands in the supermarket. Those yeah. like yeah. four issues. Yeah, I was. Nice. I, I loved them. Ghost Rider, Spider Man, the Gray Hulk, and uh, Wolverine. 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 Are you kidding me? I love the new Fantastic Four. Yeah, and, yeah. I didn't like that. Interestingly bullshit. enough, they re. <laughs> <laughs> what bullshit! It wasn't the Fantastic Four. I know. So, <laughs> don't just wave me off, JD. <laughs> visited it. Oh, hold on a second. <laughs> JD's out. He's like, I, 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 that's <laughs> so, what he wanted to do. <laughs> now, now I'm going to wipe you out completely. So Go the on. cool thing about <laughs> Fantastic Four is that uh, I've also muted him, is that uh, they revisited it a couple years ago, except it was like, yeah, what was it? The new, the new Ghost Rider. It was uh, a different Hulk. It was a different, uh, I think maybe it was. Um, was it Superior was it? Spider-Man? Was it it was Superior Spider-Man. Yeah. So it was like yeah. a new, new version of the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me bring him back. Yeah, I always thought that was fun. Oh, and the callback to Civil War was cool. Hey, lad. There he is. Oh, <laughs> oh he's mad. Mm. I don't condone this. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. Uh, y'all, I'll be back at two o'clock, so it's all good. <laughs> and then you'll, you'll be the one viewing the entire time. Be like, what did you say? <laughs> I can't. I can't hear you. I'm sorry. Like a guy driving up a little bit in his car every time you try to get in. Yeah. <laughs> huh? um, oh, I like this callback to civil, or not civil war, but like the lead up or post civil war where Reed's in the room. I always thought that was cool. It was when he came up with the negative zone prison, and he's like making all the calculations. Oh, and right. they reference that he's trying to save the universe. Solve everything, right? Yeah, he's trying yeah. to solve everything. So and that was ringing in his ear. That was my um, first foray into this like current version of the Fantastic Four. Well, you know what? That's a lie. I did read the Miller Hitch stuff, okay. and it just flew right out of my brain. <laughs> um, but uh, the Hickman's first work with the Fantastic Four was a miniseries. It was. Um, the Dark Rain Fantastic Four miniseries. It was five issues. I oh, think it was yeah. called The Circle or something like that, or oh, The Gate. Yeah. And yeah. that was the, the introduction of yeah, was it the circle? Like he had created that like multiversal gate. Yeah. That was the that was the introduction of the Council of the Reeds. Yes. And this uh, kind of crazy weird stuff. And he didn't take over the book for like another year after that, where really? he picked it back up. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I forget really totally stuff. in my memory, like totally forgot the the timeline. You're lucky Lynn was still in come back. <laughs> so, Tim, that's my dog, Tim. We Tim miss knows how to treat black men. What's that? Tim knows how to treat a black man. Oh my god. Oh god. <laughs> Tim knows how to treat every man. Sounds like he bought lady. you roses and some chocolates. I'm just gonna let that be. I'm gonna let it be. I let it be. All I'm gonna, all I'm gonna say is I told you I had company this weekend. Hey <laughs> um, 
so yeah. Um, so Noel, Noel didn't like most half of it. Everybody moved now that I shifted everything. Noel, it's fucked me up. Um, High five. I, I can't wait to read volume two. I'm definitely gonna check it out. You uh, hanging? Would, would you recommend it? <laughs> I'm looking at these two knuckleheads over here. <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> 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 uh, what did you, did you would you recommend this? The fantastic I, I would recommend it because I think it's a fun read for the most for the most part. It's dumb, silly fun. Are you talking about the whole thing, Len? I'm the sorry. whole thing. The whole thing. Okay. But there's a part of me that doesn't want to recommend it because I don't think it's a fair representation of the Fantastic Four as they mean to me. Yeah. So it's fun. So mm -hmm. you'll read it and be like, oh, that was a fun book. And then you'll put it up on your shelf. But I feel like the Fantastic Four is so much more than that. And so I don't feel this trade alone is enough to sell it. Like, it, like having read all of them, if you have the first three in if that first three trades were a trade i'd say get that but i think that this alone doesn't sell it enough that'll make you want to buy the next trade i bought it because i'm a fantastic four guy let me I don't ask think... this go ahead let me ask you this len let me i just want to ask you this if i could just ask you this real quick let me ask you this did the um all the trade paperbacks have four issues they're very small i think if if they are if they're not four issues, there may be four issues and a couple of short stories. Like okay, well, I didn't know if that was like their theme of like, oh, it's the Fantastic Four, so every volume is only going to have four issues because we're being cute. And maybe that is, and maybe that is the, the the deal. I buy that deal, but that just oh makes it even more egregious that none of them have one singular artist for the entire story. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. That that bummed me out. I'm like Sarah Pakelli, we couldn't do four issues. Like we couldn't four before she left, really? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Even and though admittedly four. it does look like as well as I mean, she's a a great artist. She is a great yeah. artist. But this does look like rushed Pakelli. This doesn't look like she's like, you know, I, you know what? I, her stuff her stuff is so for me personally, her stuff has not been as um it's felt different since Justin Ponzer passed. Mm. Because he was he was her um, colorist and anchor for mm. all of the Ultimate Spider-Man stuff and all the stuff that I really fell in love with. And since then, it's like it hasn't been the same kind of dynamic or it hasn't like her sketches are like her pencils are there, but it just doesn't have the same pop like it did. Yeah, maybe she's not getting the same finishing on it. it, it this will like or it just uh, the same kind of teamwork or camaraderie that they had together it's just it's it's missing something in translation personally for me um and i and i'd like would would this be recommended i did like most of this but if i was going to recommend the fantastic four it wouldn't be this it would right. be yeah. another version of of this book or another another run that i would recommend and then if they really liked that it's like well you know the dance slot runs kind of fun if yeah. you if yeah. you're already bought in dan run the dance slots runs kind of cool yeah. Um, so I looked up on Diamond, Fantastic Four Volume Two, Mr. and Mrs. Grimm. This this fifteen dollar and ninety nine cent book has Fantastic Four number five, Fantastic Four Wedding Special number one, 
And Fantastic Four, number eight. It's unusual. See? Was Fantastic Four one special? Could that be issues six and seven in some weird way? No. no, there was a there was so. a, no. there was a specific special. There was a one shot for that. Uh, um, also, too, hadn't didn't this book suffer a bunch of delays too? Like, uh, like I Dan Slott had it. left it and come back, or like like um, there was a fill in writer for a while. I think it was Costa or Gage. I think there are a couple of stories that maybe have a different writer on it. I, the, the books are downstairs and ready to be shelved. So I, I can't go grab one right now. I've only got the first one. Um, it's it's a weird series for for a premiere Marvel series to come exactly. back and whatnot. It's like they didn't put the effort into it like they have with uh, the X Men relaunch, like they have with right. the Avengers relaunch. Like it doesn't seem like it's getting very much love, and that, and that's exactly how I feel. Yeah the the um, the promotion that the X Men have gotten, which yes, is because let's you know call it what it is, is because the X-Men are back in the fold of Disney. Um, so now, yes, we're going to push oh. X-Men big time. So, As are now the four. True, but so are the Fantastic Four. However, if we're really going corporate, want to go hardcore corporate, the X-Men are back in, a, in control of Disney. <laughs> the X-Men, despite some up and down of the last few movies, sold. They yeah. know that those movies sell. Yeah. They know that the X-Men still has an <laughs> audience that will go to if they really put like, you know, the money and the names behind it, they yeah. will run to anything X-Men and gobble it up. The Fantastic Four not only had the books suffered for a long time, the movies that they tried were very hit and miss and more, way more misses, especially the last one than anything else. So while they're back in the fold of um, Disney and Marvel, I think their plan is like, yeah, we'll put a book out here and like, you know, because we've got it here. But really the whole idea, I think, is to really see how did they pop when they start seeding them even mm -hmm. more into the Avengers movies mm -hmm. and see whether or not it gets any traction there. So uh, I did some further digging and the, uh, Volume two that I was talking about only has issue five of this run and then the wedding special. And then the number eight that I said, number eight that I said was actually from the 1961. I'm assuming it's probably like maybe the first appearance of Alicia Masters. No, I don't know if it's her first appearance, but I think it's, uh, it, it maybe it is her first. It appearance. sounds like it's the puppet master. master is it? It's a yeah, puppet yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, that's but then right. volume three of this is issues six, seven, eight, and nine. Again, four issues. Yeah. Four yeah. issues. And by and virtue of how it's and, and I think like the story arcs are maybe like two issue type of drawings. It's it's not the same artist. It really, it's really very it, the wedding special 90 pages? Because that's just a that's stupid. I, I mean, it might be it pretty big, be. yeah. It didn't read it doesn't read big. Mm. I'll tell you that. I mean, it doesn't read bad. Does everything go smoothly? I would assume. Uh, it's comic books. Everything's yeah. going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tim says, it looks like after volume two, they go back to six issues per volume. But yes, the art problem is a recurring Marvel art problem, to Lynn's point. Hmm. Yeah, see, but where... Okay, here. If I remember in some of the X-Men books post, you know, Hot Pops, there are some books where there are 
different artists or a filler artist that comes in or whatever. Um, and I seem to remember, which one was it? I think New Mutant suffered the worst because it was like, no, the one where it suffered the worst was... Um, the Fallen Angels. Fallen Angels, yeah. because But it, it was the same uh, shitty artist the whole time. Yeah, I don't think that switched. It just wasn't to our liking. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but this one, the art is just very, it's so inconsistent that you just don't really feel like it. are they drawing the same people. You know what I mean? It, it's I don't I don't know it it really bums me out about it I and the the stories are fun enough that I'm still kind of there but it's just it, it's ultimately oh disappointing. The wedding special was only forty pages. Yeah, I, I told you. It didn't, it, I, Jesus, it, I didn't think it was that big. Fuck you, Marvel. <laughs> yeah, that big, that's man. awful. Yeah. That's just I awful. Agree. These are ten dollar trades tops. I'm about to yes. say you just said ninety pages. That would be bigger than the trade itself. The trade, uh, I don't think it's it's, yeah. it's really. So this they're not they're honestly one where it looks like a four. Now I see. Oh, you can't see it, but it looks like a. Uh, it looks kind of like a four on that page. Where you're still, it, you're still on that? No, I'm on it again. Just because I saw it and I was like, oh, that's how that squiggle is a four, because <laughs> it's just. Like stylistically, their costumes change though. You know what though? Like they haven't. Like has Marvel really? They. they it seems like they're only do, like currently, they're only doing this like piddled shit with Fantastic Four, because yeah. other trade collections are a butt thicker than this. Yes. Yeah. All right. I could see that as a four now. Yeah. Okay. Are Brian is satisfied. That? Are you satisfied? <laughs> I mean, it's. <laughs> See, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. If they wanted, if they wanted the conceit of doing these trades four issues at a time, okay, I'm with it. But then make it a full a four issue story. Yeah. Or, yep. Yeah. Structure it. Yeah. I mean, with with one artist per four issues. Yeah. They're only up to like issue twenty two or something, and it's like seven trades. This is stupid. Is it seven trades? Yeah. Well. I'm I think yeah, it's like six. I assume eventually they're going to do like a complete collection. Oh, yeah. They'll probably do like, you know, like they're putting out the Hickman runs now. They'll do a Dan Slot collection. And In a whole conversation of its own, Marvel addressed the price of their trades a couple years back. There's a reason that they price them that high. Profit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, because people pay. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> I assume he's still typing. <laughs> what that reason is, or always going to speculate. Um, I think profits it. I think it might be. <laughs> no. Why? Do you, do you want to talk about next okay. week, or, or are we still like who? Who? Brian, Brian, would you recommend this? Would I recommend Fantastic Four? Uh, the the one that we're talking about right now. Uh, yes. Yeah, I would. I would recommend it. <laughs> I'm still going to read the. Next one. I, I definitely want to catch up. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this first four issues. I really liked it. Hmm. But I also want to go back and reread that Mark Wade, Mark Waring, uh Mark Waringo? Uh, Mike. Mike. Mike Waringo. Ringo. As... Does he draw that whole run? I think so. I'm not sure, but he drew most of it. A good chunk of it, if not all of it. Okay, because yeah. I, I don't know if I've read the whole thing. I might need to go pick that up. I'm, I'm picking up... Um, the Hickman run because I had a whole bunch of the trades and then I saw they were putting them out in completes. So I was like, all right, I'm just yeah. gonna buy the Hickman run. Those are those are like the the 
the biggest whales for omnibus hunters. They've been out of print forever. The the, the original uh, Hickman trade. The, the Hickman the Hickman omnibuses. It was two. It was two large collections in hardcover. People have been trying to like sell them online for three or two or three hundred dollars a pop or more. I'm I like, am, fuck you. Maybe I've tried one of that several times, and I've never. I don't think I've gotten further than issue two. You're not a giant fan <laughs> of, of the Hickman Hickman Eagleson, run. though, right? Not no. Yeah. Um, Stuff on JSA. He's saying the the raid Ringo fun was uh, so much fun, and he's not. I guess he's not going to tell us what the reason is that the price so high. Um, Six. What do we want to talk about next week? Uh, you know, I thought it would be interesting um to do something sort of like uh Christopher Goodnight had suggested, but maybe not just convincing each other to read it. But uh, if we could find maybe two each of our favorite single issue stories and get the other guys to read those. We don't, also don't have to decide exactly what we're going to do here on okay. the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, oh, actually, guys, hold on a second. Hold that thought. Uh, I looked so it up the way. Re- I'm sorry. Starting this week, DC Comics. Oh, right. New books. Yeah. I have this week new books coming up. There's Sandman the Dreaming, number 20. There's a reprint of Batman 89. Well, they're not all new. There's Batman Giant. Walmart Batman. Walmart Batman. Full of reprints. Who is a, a, a character in the comic, right? Walmart no. Batman. Yeah. yeah, and um, night a reprint of Nightwing number seventy. So we have so much to talk about of new new books, guys. I do yeah, um, So what else were we? Stuff. So I had some suggestions. Uh, like we had yeah, the last the last two weeks. The last two weeks we've done uh, like a a big one and then uh, kind of a smaller press one. Yeah, but yeah. the so we did we did DC, we did Marvel, we did Black Mass Studios. We haven't done an image book yet, so I went and grabbed a couple of ones that I have been wanting to read that we could like share or or look for. So the first one is we already mentioned it, the fix. I've yet to read the first volume. I've got the fix. All right. Um, then also by Greg Rucka, the old guard. Oh, I did oh, want to read which that. is soon to be soon to be a film on Netflix. Is that the Knights Templar? I don't know. I've never read it. Who's the oh. artist? Oh. Um, Fernandez. Leandro Fernandez. Leandro Fernandez. Yeah. Okay. It's a story about time and age and ages and about friendship and love and regret. Apparently, like immortal warriors, but in current yeah. time. That sounds cool. Um, Redneck. I want to read Redneck because that's Donnie Cates, right? And vampires. Yeah. Uh, by Donny Cates and Lissandro Estherthine. Estherthran. Oh, that's a that's a mouthful of a name. Sorry, let's not read it. Uh, it's vampires in in Texas. <laughs> Modern vampires in Texas. Apparently, it's very good. Like they're already up to like issue twenty four, twenty five now. Uh, JD had already read this, but Birthright. Mm-hmm. Mm. What's that? What's that about? That is about a kid who is playing in the woods with his dad, and then he goes missing, and then he returns. A couple years older, having been to a mystical, fantastical land, and now he is in his thirties, and he's like, and he he returns basically as Conan, sort of. That sounds cool too. And then Descender is the other one. Ah, Jeff Lemire, right? Jeff Lemire, Dustin Nguyen, Nguyen. 
Wait. Yeah, this is a ten-year-old, uh, ten years after planet-sized robots called Harvesters appeared and wreaked, wreaked havoc across the galaxy. A young android named Tim Twenty One wakes to find that all robots have been outlawed. So the Harvesters and the machine DNA. He quickly becomes the most wanted robot in the universe. Hmm. I hmm. my vote is for at least uh, the vampires in Texas. Hmm. Uh, what was the what was the second one you mentioned? The old guard. The old guard. Was there a sci-fi one right after that, or is that? Oh no, I'm just thinking of that because there are more. Red guard was after that. Uh, yeah, I guess my vote, especially because JD's already read both sides, so we I would vote for either old guard or um, uh, the descenders. Yeah, I would too because I wouldn't want it to be one that you've already read. We're not doing. We're not. You know, I read most of them. Oh. We're not doing the fix. Oh, the fix. You know, yeah. I mean, it's come highly recommended, but it also sounds very similar. Like you guys yeah. recommended it, but you're like, yeah. it's similar to this one. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I would say um, uh, the old guard sounds a little, to me, a little bit more interesting than the last one, the, the Sunday. Even though that sounds cool, but it sounds yeah. very contemplative. But I mean, I'll do I, old, gonna... old guard or redneck. Old guard and redneck. There we go. Redneck is. I mean, well, uh, wait, are we only picking one? Thing? Well, I thought I don't he said. Care. I thought well, we were going to do one image and, and then one uh, from, uh, another, the the big two. Oh, whatever you guys want. Like I, I like what we've been doing recently has right, been right. Uh, like a, a big two and then something else. Sure, sure. Right. Like ex- yeah. So I don't know if you wanted to do two image books. I mean, I creator uh, owns uh, a, a Marvel something or a DC something. Join us next week when we have decided what we're going to talk about off air. Um, Tim Hershey says, Marvel wanted their trades to cost more than the material included. They say they had retailers that didn't want trade sales to cut into floppy sales. Yeah, that's that's certainly a thing that you could say that would explain that. (laughs) So I don't understand. I still don't get it. What? they want their trades to cost more than the material included, then include more material. Well, no, I think he's saying like that way people don't just wait for the trade. He's saying right. that Marvel said retailers are saying that. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. The retailers are like, hey, these trade people are just waiting. They're not buying the floppies. Because they're doing the math and the trades were costing less. Right, right. I see. I see. Eh, all right. Well, thanks for that, Tim. Um Still, that sounds. I, I don't like it. Um, uh, all right. Also, yeah. Marvel was like coming out with the trades immediately after, like yeah. the last issue of the arc. True. That's true. Yeah. Um. Oh, he says. Oh, it made no sense to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just me for once. Um. So yeah, we'll probably do uh, an image book next week and a Marvel. Book. I don't know if you guys get, like. It's nothing but frozen screens now. Oh no, <laughs> we're all. We're all moving around. I'm moving. Just I see everybody moving. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, you know what? Um, no, what? If you want to help out your local comic shop, and yeah. if I'm your local comic shop, even better, uh, you can. I started an online web store. You can go to oh, jdsherocomplex.com. I, I mean, and, yeah. What? Oh, he's leaving. Um, yeah. yeah, I started an online web store 
called JD's Hero Complex Shop. You can go that and uh, buy. I've been uploading my trade paperbacks that I have in the store, so that you can buy them online and have them mailed to you, or you could do curbside pickup. Uh, you could buy gift cards on there. And um, let's see, you can also help out the show by going to patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo. You can tweet at me at JD's Hero Complex. And you can email us like uh, Chris St. Salty did at uh, cultpopgo at gmail.com. Brian, where can the people find you? Oh, I'm at brianliebdesign.com. And uh, I mean, that's my name right down there. So just you Google it or I don't know, hire a private investigator, whatever you want to do. It's fine. That's yeah. all the information you need. Len. <laughs> hey, you can holler at a triple any places you find Black Tribbles on, find our podcast on blacktribbles.com. Uh, follow us on YouTube, Black Tribbles. Follow us on Facebook and our Facebook group, The Tribble Nation. Tune in at 2 p.m. So in just one, well, actually, I'm going to be honest with you. It's going to be closer to 2.15. 2.15 p.m. Because we, we have to take an, an hour, hour from now. We've got to take an hour an hour from now. From now, to to the Facebook group, Triple Nation, or follow Black Tribbles on uh, YouTube, where we, all four of us, are going to return. And we're going to do a very special edition of Gutter Talk, where we pitch our investigative documentaries, Mm. uh, ideas for get the Tiger King treatment in, but from a geek standpoint what's that geeky story you want to see um broken down in an investigative documentary type of way we're going to have fun with that we want to hear from you so tune in 215 and uh come and holla at a triple holla 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 all right thank you so much for joining us oh and you can reach uh noel bartocci uh he had to disappear because his i guess internet conked out you can tweet at him at mr bartocci uh on twitter and that's it thanks so much for joining us and we will talk at you later See you next week. Sunday at 11 again. Maybe we're going to make this a thing. Hmm. Bye. And broadcast? Yes, I would like to. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky. And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles. Recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah. 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 Yeah.